This is Two and Two Missionaries, a podcast by missionaries for missionaries. We are your hosts, missionary Philip Daniel Fry and missionary Kenneth Charles Murphy. This podcast was designed to give you ideas, so let's get right into it. We want to welcome you to Two and Two Missionaries. I'm your host, Philip Daniel Fry. With me is Brother Kenny Murphy. We are both missionaries in Germany. Today we would like to talk to you about why a world standard matters in the, on the mission field. And um, this is probably a subject dear and really dear to my heart. Amen. As the listener can tell, I'm not a native speaker in English. I'm, I was born and raised in Switzerland. And it was obvious that um, we uh, have a German Bible. You know, the, most of you know that Martin Luther obviously had a lot to do with the Reformation. And uh, this is what we want to talk about. Is, is there a world standard as far as the Bible goes uh, for the mission field? And um, I was born and raised in German and I was reading the German Bible for years and years and years and years. And uh, Brother Murphy, I want to ask you this first question. Do you think the German Bible, if any, I mean, I know you use a different one than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they're equivalent to the King James Bible? Well, I think it's a very important question, brother. I think a lot of people, uh, everybody has an opinion to this, by the way. And uh, this is our first podcast uh, for uh, two and two missionaries. And um, two are better than one. And when you contacted me and said that, that was your exact words, two are better than one. Then uh, we started immediately having um, uh, regular contact with one another, talking about how we could better our strategy uh, to try to reach the German people, the German speaking people. And from the very beginning, brother, we, we both uh, expressed the need to have a standard. And mm-hmm. uh, among Bible believers, uh, especially uh, King James Bible believers. And when I use the word Bible believers, that's going to be in that context. Uh, we're King James Bible believers, uh, you and I both. And when you come to a mission field, a lot of the things that you uh, very proudly uh, represent in the fight for the for the King James uh, issue, uh, a lot of those things uh, are at once challenged once you get to a foreign mission field because you don't have the King James Bible. And then you have to be faced with the fact that you have, a, a, in our case, a German uh, what you would hope would be a German equivalent of the King James Bible. And to answer your question, uh, it is such a needful topic and it's a very controversial topic. And I hope that our listeners will give us grace and hear us out. And this is our perception of this issue. And uh, I believe it's very necessary to consider uh, the German Bible issue, we're talking about Germany, every mission field has the same problem, is when you, when you go to a mission field, uh, you've not, you're not only called to win souls for Christ, you can win souls for Christ with a, with a Jehovah's Witness Bible, with a New World Translation. We have a New World Translation in German. You could win souls to Christ with a New World Translation Bible, but we're called, when we come to the mission field, to uh, equip the new converts to be a very effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and to prepare them, uh, those uh, new converts uh, for a life 
and for also to uh, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you have to do that in the Word of God. So it's very important what you have as a standard of the Word of God. And uh, as you pointed out, I don't use the uh, the German, uh, the Lutheran Bible. I use the Schlachter 2000. Uh, it should be pointed out that we have about four different versions in Germany that are Texas receptus based translations. Right. And uh, some of them are better in some points than others, but none of them are equal to the King James Bible. They're, they're none of them uh, are, can, can be called uh, uh, the same translation as the King James Bible in English. Well, you just said a point that's probably very important to point out. I mean, obviously, we always say that, let's say you have a J. Jehovah's Witness Bible, and you can lead someone to the Lord with this Bible. But even there, you will see there is a problem with the. Uh, if you take that as the standard, if you if you start if you if you lower yourself to that Bible, and he's you're going to have to talk about the fact that Jesus Christ is God, mm-hmm. and you will have a real struggle finding that in that Bible. So that's probably what we're talking about. We know we are. We're tr- no way we're trying to really. Uh, teach you anything what we're trying to say is if you're talking to a jw mm-hmm. you are going to uh have to say look we're not even going to your bible because your bible is false yeah and that person has to accept that and so the same thing in german when you are obviously somebody can be led to the, the lord jesus christ which if that's your role in the mission field you just lead people to christ and i look it's admirable that everybody says uh, on deputation there is 80 million souls here and 90 million souls there and they all uh, are in need of jesus christ that's admirable mm-hmm. but frankly if you don't go to a country where there is absolutely no christians around which is getting harder and harder to do something like this then Let's be frank. I mean, the gospel is preached. Mm-hmm. The gospel is most certainly preached in Germany mm-hmm. uh, by more conservative groups. But the problem that I see is discipleship. And like I said, I came to the realization in 2003. I said, I'll, I want to have the perfect standard, and um, which is why I learned English. Mm-hmm. So if the listener thinks, you know, his English is really, I can't understand him really well, I um, ask you to forgive me. Uh, I did learn it from the King James. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I have some old words that I use because of the King James. And so this is a native speaker who is saying that, a native Mm -hmm. German speaker Mm -hmm. who is saying, I am solid, uh, saying that the King James Bible is the authority, which is exactly the reason you you said it yourself. You have to Schlachter, I have to Luther. Mm -hmm. We both believe that they complement each other, but we can only say that because... Of the King James Bible, you know, absolutely, I mean, and that's that's something that um, that I've uh, seen over the years, and that that led me to the Schlachter Bible. Is uh, there's some places in the Luther Bible that are absolutely closer to the King James Bible, and there's some places in the Schlachter Bible that uh, is much better than the Luther Bible in that case. And so, at the end of the day, you have a dilemma, which it's it's like in America, uh, two people, one has an ASV and one has an NIV, and they're they're fighting amongst each other, which one has the best Bible. And that's, that's really, it boils down to that point on the, on, on any mission field in the world. It boils down to that point. Some places your Bible in that translation is better or, or more like the King James, but you have a world standard. And that's the point of this podcast is to say, 
it's my firm conviction, and Brother Fry, I know it's yours, that the King James Bible is not only the standard for English-speaking nations, but the King James Bible is the standard for the whole world when it comes to Bible translations. It's very important to to point out. I mean, I know that people are saying, you know, it's God's word for the English-speaking people, but you have mm -hmm. to understand one thing. Once you once you know more than one language, and 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 let me just say this. And please, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I've learned, and obviously my wife is American, most Americans speak one language, mm -hmm. and that's English. Now, I have the benefit of speaking three fluently, mm -hmm. and uh, some others I, I can understand. I can understand some Spanish, I understand some Italian, but I speak fluent French, English, and German. Mm -hmm. Once you learn more than one language... And once you read more than one language, I mean, I've, I've read the French Bible, the uh, Olivetan. Mm -hmm. um, I've read, obviously, the Luther Bible, and I've read the King James multiple times. You will find that there are discrepancies mm -hmm. between these two, or in this case, three languages. You, you will find that, uh, i give you a very good example. In, in our German, in my Luther Bible, in Matthew 5.22, the... The verse, obviously, uh, that stands out, and I want to just make sure that I don't just ad lib it, but really say it. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So the, the term without a cause is not in the old Luther Bible. Now, whether why that happened, I can't necessarily say. I do know that Luther knew that it was in the Erasmus's text and he chose not to put it in. Maybe he, he had to make a judgment call. It's just like the King James translator had to constantly make judgment calls, and which is why I believe the, the, the King James Bible is inspired. I was just teaching our church uh, the other day that, uh, look, translations are inspired. Uh, there is many quotes in the New Testament And we know the New Testament is written in Greek, and we know the Old Testament, which is what it is quoted from, is in Hebrew. So there is a translation, and it was still inspired. Mm -hmm. So without a cause is missing, now you're going to face a problem. Because he, because a German then would have to believe, as soon as he is angry with his brother, he is in danger of the judgment. Yes. And that's a problem. Because if you put that to the full extent, which you have to. And obviously, my position in German is always... <coughs> that I can talk around everything. Yes. I can talk around everything. I can teach everything that the King James Bible does. But the only way I can say that is because I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, which is what I'm asking you. Can you, can you teach or preach every subject? Do you believe you can preach and teach every subject out of your Bible? Yes. Well, that's a, that's a very common, um, I think, a, a default position that most people take is, okay, well, if it doesn't occur in that one area with, with that one verse that you quoted, I can find it somewhere else in the Bible and I can teach it from there. I know one subject that you can't teach from anything else other than the King James Bible. And that's to have a perfect faith in the words of God, that you have the perfect words of God in your hands. And that's one subject, brother, that I cannot teach uh, in any foreign translation outside of the King James Bible. And so that's a very important subject. 
Yeah. You know, brother, I, brother Fry, I've given a lot of thought and I have one of my church members come to me recently. Now he is the only American uh, member that I have in my church, uh, in our church. Uh, he's been in Germany for uh, upwards of 30 years, but he came up to me unprovoked and said, you cannot know how great of a blessing that I have that every word that I read in the King James Bible, I know it is the word of God. And as soon as you, as soon as you realize that there are discrepancies, that there's, that there's places in the Bible that does not line up with the King James Bible. If that, if that national on a foreign field, if that national is ever exposed to that, uh, it causes them. If, if there's one mistake in my Bible, maybe there's two. If there's two mistakes in my Bible, maybe there's 200. And so they don't have the same, they don't have the same confidence. They don't have the same, um, uh, Verborgenheit. They don't have the same, uh, uh, authority, authority of, uh, of hidden father. Uh, they don't have the same authority in their life because they don't know that every word of God is inspired and that this is the words of God and brother, it causes a, a great conflict. So this is what we wanted to talk about today with why the world uh, needs a world standard on the mission field. And it's our uh, absolute position that the world standard is the King James Bible. It doesn't matter which language you're comparing it to. It has to come back to the King. You have to compare it to something. And the really the fundamentalists, um, you know, everybody says sola scriptura. And, you know, I told our church lately that somehow that if you say something in Latin, the scriptures alone, if you say it in Latin, it seems to have a greater weight uh, given to it, sola scriptura, and the fact is, brother, people say that, but they really give no thought to the to the to the topic whatsoever. Because people say, "Yeah, but it's the scriptures are preserved in heaven." But what does that help a real believer who's not in heaven yet? He's on earth. God, they say, God has promised to preserve His words forever uh, in heaven. Well, what about on earth? They live in their faith on earth, and they need a confidence in the Bible that they uh, have in their hand, that they have the words of God. So this is a very, very delicate subject. That, And the whole idea of our podcast, by the way, is to show people the struggles that we go through on the mission field. It's not only, you know, uh, cannibals that are throwing spears in missionaries and eating them. One of the struggles that a missionary has on the mission field is the fact that we don't have a, a Bible that is uh, comparable to the King James Bible, it had every other Bible in the world has mistakes. Every other Bible in the world has places where it does not line up with the King James Bible. You mentioned Matthew five twenty two. Uh, I could just as well uh, mention uh, Isaiah, uh, 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 Zechariah. We just spoke of it the other day about Zechariah chapter eleven about the uh, having a idle shepherd. The idle shepherd is a reference back to the Antichrist. That is in the Schlachter Bible that I use. That verse has been corrupted, brother. It's perverted. So I cannot go to that place and show them. And by the way, people say, well, you can teach, you can teach uh, that same, you can teach that same subject from another place in the Bible. Show me another verse in the Bible where you can show that the Antichrist is the idle shepherd. If you take away Zechariah chapter 11. You told me that you had recently taught in your church, John chapter 10, uh, about the hireling being the Antichrist, being the devil. Uh, 
Well, what if you didn't have Zechariah chapter 11? What if you didn't have that knowledge that the King James Bible gives you uh, to show you that that idle shepherd in Zechariah chapter 11 is the hireling? And uh, I would just challenge the the listener to uh, think about that and see what kind of a dilemma we have uh, when we start preparing lessons to teach the German people the whole counsel of God and not just trying to lead people to Christ. Of course, we're we're doing that also, but there's a misconception among missions that the only job we have is to come to a field and lead people to Christ, brother. We're we're called to edify the body of Christ and teach them the whole counsel of God. And one of the challenges of doing that is doing it with a Bible that's not an equivalent of the King James Bible. Well, I think that's my solid point. You have to be honest in the end of today, uh, which. When I'm preparing, I always have the King James Bible open. Mm-hmm. If I preach, if I prepare a sermon, I always have the King James Bible open. Obviously, today in the age in which we're living in, with Bible programs, that's very easy. I'm not saying to you, to the listener, that you have to <clears throat> edit or, or create or translate the King James Bible if you have a Bible that's already existing. That's not what I'm saying. But I am mm-hmm. saying is you have to have a standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm also saying that you have to better disciple the ones that you want to create to produce as preachers, which mm-hmm. we are on a mission field. There is no such thing as a Bible-believing movement. In the States, you have people that have pa- paved the way for the King James. And some people just can go in their tailwind and, and basically feed off of their boldness and maybe polemic mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, can say that, the King James Bible is the preserved word of God. Obviously, some people say that that is not inspired, and I believe wholeheartedly it's inspired because of Second Peter one twenty one. You know, holy men of God spoke uh, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So you cannot speak God's word unless you're moved by the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. I believe the King James translator word. So, but because I prepare with the King James Bible in mind and because I can talk to our church people that way, I obviously have a great benefit. And uh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the differentiation. And, and a lot of times you see uh, on the mission field, people are fighting with each other because mm-hmm. of that. I mean, you yes. and I, we could fight about the Schlachter or the Luther Bible uh, the entire day. We, yes. you can, I can tell you verses that are wrong and you point it back to me. And, mm-hmm. and then what we all have to say is according to which standard. That's where I come down to. Let's suppose you're saying, okay, the Schlachter Bible is is the standard. At that point, you have to start changing the King James Bible because because you're finding verses that are distinctly different in the the Schlachter as opposed to the King James. And the same thing goes in German. So if I believe the the Luther Bible is God's perfect word of God for the German-speaking people, then that means Germans cannot be angry at a brother at all times. But an English speaking can speaker can. So that's that's thinking it out down to the end. And I believe yes. lots of preachers in place don't feel like I'm attacking you, but I'm saying that lots of preachers don't think this thing to the end. If you believe that you cannot um, get angry at a brother without a cause, then you're right. That's how it's supposed to be. So so now what are you gonna do? So some people say, well, you need to go to the text receptors. Well, let me let me try to give you a little bit of background. Uh, there is no such thing as the text receptors. The Elsevier brothers were calling their edition, uh, I think it was their second edition, um, that they were calling the received text, the, the text that we give you, and they were calling it the text receptors. 
but really in 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 the fact is we have the uh we have erasmus we have Besa, we have um, um uh, stephen stephen and we have uh elsevier brothers so you cannot point to the text receptors because there right. is no such thing. So at that point, even there, you have to come and compare and you can't make a standard. And here mm. is something that I've never been taught. And I'm not saying that I brought something new to the table, but it's something I observed when I, go, when I went through history. God chose in the Old Testament Hebrew. Why? Because mm-hmm. Hebrew was the standard language because God has chosen himself a people. Mm-hmm. We know that some chapters in Daniel were written in Aramaic. Why? Because, very simple, the children of Israel were going into apostasy and they, they went into captivity. So mm-hmm. then in the New Testament, what was the standard? It was Greek. It was no longer mm-hmm. Hebrew. Every letter, every b- book in the, in the New Testament was written in Hebrew. In 150 AD, the, the, the Bible, the New Testament and Old Testament were translated into Latin, Itala, not the new Jerome's Vulgate. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the old Vulgate. And mm-hmm. that's, that was the standard all the way up till 1500. The, in 1200, the Valdensians, they translated from that old Vulgate. And it was the standard up until English. And English has been the standard. Nobody, not even... Any lost man argues that that English is the is the standard for the world. Yes, you you you're not going. I was in Burma. I was in and you know you were in Nepal. Mm-hmm. These pilots did not speak Nepalese. They were not speaking Burmese. They were talking English because yes. if you don't speak English, you're going to. I'm telling you, you're going to crash. <laughs> so. It's very apparent. There is no argument in the world that English is the world's language. It's the business language. Why? It's interesting. In Europe, some kids nowadays they have to learn English from their first grade on. That hasn't mm-hmm. been the case for me, but for most kids, that that's that's the case right now. Mm-hmm. Because English is the most important language. If you don't know English, especially in the business, which is where I'm coming out of, financial world, you're not coming by. Mm-hmm. So. Why would we now say, but, the, but in the Bible, it's not so. In the right. Bible, it's uh, God preserved his word, but he never said in which language. He didn't say in all languages. He said right. he will preserve his word, which he did in the King James Bible. That's a great point, brother. Um, people go to Psalms chapter 12, and they go to Psalms chapter 12 and verse 6, and they say that uh, that God is going to prefer, preserve them. And I'm, uh, I think that's a, a thing that all of our listeners need to hear is, is the point that you just said is that he promised to preserve his words. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. God has given a promise here. And you you touched on the, the idea of inspiration. And people say, well, the originals were inspired, but the King James Bible is preserved, and God has promised to preserve his words. But they don't think that through. And to extrapolate that thought, uh, you have to think it through a little bit. If God preserved his words, then he preserved them in a language. And it, you you took a great care to, to describe that. When he was dealing with the Jews only, he the, the language that God preserved his words in was Hebrew. When he went to the world, he went with Greek and Latin, 
because that was the known world at the time. That was the world language. Today it is English. And it's it's like you said, that's the that's the world standard. That's the world language. And listen, some of this stuff may seem like hyperbole to you. And certainly I mentioned that you could lead a soul to Christ with a Jehovah's Witness Bible. Uh, that's hyperbole. But listen, the radicals and you have two extremes, brother. You have the radicals on one side that say that God's words are preserved in heaven and that God's words were inspired in the uh, Masoretic text and in the in the in the Greek uh, uh, Texas Receptus. That's that's really a radical position to take because Koine Greek is a dead language, <laughs> and all these people go to Bible school, and it's almost like they do that so they can be an authority over the Word of God because everyone will tell you that today, uh, outside of the King James Bible believing movement. Everybody agrees in all the all the Bible schools in all of the Chicago. Uh, um, uh, what what is that called? Uh, the Chicago Eclairon, um, uh Declaration. The, the, the all of these biblical meetings that they've had, they all give the same standard answer: is that the words of God are plenar, inspired of God that they're perfect, and they never refer to a translation. They always refer to the originals. And what certainly I hope every missionary that's going to a mission field understands is no one on the face of the earth has face of the earth has ever seen one page of the originals. The originals are nowhere on the earth. Right. So if God pres- if God promised to preserve his words, and that's what he did in Psalm chapter uh, 12 and verse 7, he said, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. This generation is a generation of wicked doers, and it's it's all of Adam's generation. It's the lost. And he's promised to preserve his words, and we have to cling to that promise. And where do we have that promise? We see it preserved in the King James Bible. And if if anyone doesn't attest to this statement of faith, then what you have at the end of the day is confusion, because all you have to do is, like you said, brother, is move outside of your comfortable position of speaking in English, and then put your doctrine and put your put your belief, your faith system to the test. Once you get into a foreign language, you see that there is no foreign Bible that is an equivalent of the King James Bible. There are Bibles that come close to the King James Bible. And praise God for the field of Germany. We have really, really good Bible translations here. But the fact is we've been called to perfect the body of Christ, and we've been called to preach the whole counsel of God. And these things, can you can only do that if you teach and preach the preservation of the Word of God, and I would like to add one last thing uh, before uh, I turn it back over to you, it's it's the only honest position. You're dishonest if you teach it any other way. It it has to do at the end of the day with honesty. You cannot, as I it's like I said just uh, just a moment ago, we enjoy such a position of authority when we have the King James Bible. Uh, 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 an English speaker, you have you enjoy such a position of authority with the King James Bible. How can you train the people that are that you lead to Christ that come to your church? How can you train those people to have that kind of confidence and that kind of authority with their Bible when you know Psalms chapter twelve verse seven, for example, in the Luther Bible says, "Thou shalt keep us, O Lord; thou shalt preserve us from." Uh, 
from this generation forever. And it's an obvious reference back to the Jews, that God's going to preserve the Jews. When we're talking about one of the strongest verses in the Bible on the preservation of the words of God, what are you going to do with that verse then? Uh, the only thing you can do, the only honest thing to do on a foreign field is to do what every King James Bible believer hates to do and is re- to refer them to a variant reading. And then you can take when when I when I have the Luther Bible in my hand and I come across Psalm chapter 12 and verse seven, then I can point them to a Schlachter reading and say in the Schlachter, it has it right here. And the same thing, vice versa, with the Schlachter. When I run into a ver- into a problem where it does not line up with the King James Bible, I don't tell the listeners, okay, just reject your German Bible. You have to believe the King James. I point them to the Luther Bible. Luther Bible. The only person on the face of the earth that has one authority in their life is a King James Bible believer. Every other person goes to variant readings, different Bibles, commentaries, theologians, they go to the Greek. That's where a lot of the uh, scholastic uh, academia go. They go to the Greek to try to prove their position. All I'm saying on the mission field, one of the problems we have is that there are times now, granted, that it's very, very seldom that we have to do it. But sometimes we have to point our our listeners, our church members, to a variant reading than the Bible that we're reading from. And people say, well, that's that's destructive to their faith. That's the only honest position you can take, brother. Either that or it, you end up, and I've seen it over and over again, you end up correcting the King James Bible if you don't do it that way. I um, agree wholeheartedly. I think I want to shift that to that last point you made. Um, the danger, what is the danger in leaving the national to the local Bible? I think um, as a King James Bible believer or as an English speaker, you have a benefit Mm -hmm. you obviously speak english most people directly or indirectly they're looking at their king james bible and they're talking around the subject now again i'm not against that idea i'm not against the idea that you bring different uh that you bring different verses to explain the same thing i'm not against Mm -hmm. that but you still have to do that according to a standard Mm -hmm. now the national that you leave out off with the Bible that you choose for whatever reason. It doesn't have that benefit because he's never learned that the King James Bible is it, number one, or number two, he just simply doesn't speak the language. Now, in my case, I've learned it. And I believe uh, I was um, I was the next, now I'm not anymore, but I was the next generation of people that moved on. And I can tell you in 30 years now, I was watching, observing the German-speaking world for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And one thing I can definitely say is that in 30 years, I have not seen Bible-believing Baptists, or Baptists for that matter, start anything that lasts. Mm-hmm. And then everybody tells me, yeah, but that's the flow of church history. But the flow of church history has not been that within 10, 20 years, it goes to apostasy. That's not that's mm-hmm. abnormal. No, normally, right. a movement stays for about 100, 150 years at least and uh, at least two, three generations. And right now, I don't even see that. And I believe the danger is if you leave this man and you don't say in that, and I'm not talking about the church member, I'm not talking about that mother or that uh, little child that's in your church. I'm talking about that man that you possibly say he takes over the church, leaves Amen. the church and starts another work. I'm talking about these people. And Amen. if you don't teach him and say there is a standard and the standard is not Greek, I'm promising you, in a country or in the global world we're living today with the internet, 
that man is going to be exposed to either TR guys or Nestle Allen guys. And if he finds those, his faith is going to be messed up. And the Bible says multiple times, a little leaven and leaven the whole lump, which means this small little false doctrine creeps into his brain and it's going to mess him up and it's going to go more and more and more down that road. And at some point you come back 10 years later and you won't even recognize that church anymore. They won't mm-hmm. do faith promise anymore. They won't disciple people anymore. Some of them don't even, they, they, they have women preaching. All of that stuff goes on and it's going on and it starts with the word of God. Because if you believe the word of God is a standard and you constantly go back to it and you're not questioning your mind that it has that it it doesn't say what it means it means what it says Mm -hmm. because you're going to a dead language have you ever noticed that people are constantly going to the greek because at that point they can basically just say whatever they want they can say yeah but you know in the greek it means not that it could also mean this and that and the other Mm -hmm. i was checking yesterday in the jw bible uh you know in uh john 10 30 it says i and my father are one Mm-hmm. And the JWs are saying, yeah, that what that means is they agreed. Sure. No, they did not agree. They it means they are one. Yeah. And they will go to the Greek and say, yeah, but that's what that word means. See, yes. and what can you say against it? You can say, no, it doesn't. But you have no standard. At this point, some kind of dictionary becomes your standard. Yes. It, it, it could be, I have it behind me. Uh, uh, Wigrams or Thomas uh, Thayer's uh, uh, dictionary. It doesn't matter which one you're choosing, but at that point he becomes God and -hmm. not anymore the word of God. And so that German, that national is going to be confronted with that. And he's going to see things and he says, yeah, it could be true. And and then he's going to go slowly away from each and every doctrine and he will go away from, from, uh, from eternal security and everything that's dear to our heart. And that's a process that probably takes about, two to five years. Mm-hmm. And once that creeped in, it's the destruction. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what can you do? I mean, how far would you take manuscript evidence to mm-hmm. the King James or that the King James is the authority to your students? How, how far would you take it? How well, would think, you teach him? I think you made a very interesting point that all of our listeners need to also uh, discriminate and and uh, understand is we're talking about uh, uh, you made the example of the mother and the children and there are plenty of Christians that are very superficial in their faith and most of those Christians are not going to be offended uh, you know we tend to sometimes make a controversy where there is none with with foreign with foreign nationals and in a foreign field. Everyone that is, except for a King James Bible believer, has no problem at all with other translations and and listening to that, to uh, having multiple standards. So when we do that, all we're doing is using the extant translations, and we're bringing that that foreign Bible into uh, agreement with the King James Bible. So we're taking those people, those mothers, those children, and that that, mm, superficial is perhaps too negative of a word, but people that are not aspiring to be Bible students, people that are not aspiring to go into the ministry, we're taking those people and we're giving them God's words through the King James, through an equivalent to the King James Bible. We're correcting that with the King James Bible, but we're doing it in their language, 
with another Bible translation. There's most every time you can find a, a translation that will line up with the King James Bible somewhere. And so, but then you ask the question about the students of the Word of God. Now you've opened up a different subject, and that's something that really goes back to the question that you had about a movement, a Bible-believing movement. The reason that most of those movements have never taken place is because people come into a a foreign mission field, and that's my problem with fundamentalists. They come in, and they think that as long as they can win souls to Christ and preach the fundamentals of the faith, then your job is done. Brother, you and I are talking about doing something that we hope that will affect the next 200 years of Christianity in Germany if the Lord should tarry. And we have to establish our ministries based on that information uh, and based on that vision. And so the answer is, for my Bible students, for example, we have uh, uh, we've uh, taught um, uh, a Bible school setting in our local church uh, here in Gießen. In, Christ, in in the uh, area of Gießen. And what I've done is I told the people, I'm not qualified to teach you Greek. And furthermore, I don't even see a reason for doing it. Uh, Greek is not my standard. Um, so therefore, ju- just think about it for a little bit. And that's why I use the word extrapolate. Extrapolate this problem and think about it a little bit. Why would a Bible school, why would people want and go to a Bible school and be willing to invest three years of their life to learn a dead language. That's not going to do anything, but to promote their own minds. Because the world to, dictates it. <laughs> that's exactly. And that's, that's the next problem. Perhaps we could do a podcast on it is how that scholarship has hijacked Christianity, but they, you come to a Bible school to learn the Bible, and all of a sudden you're told that in order to learn the Bible, in order, in order to have God's words, you need to know Greek. No, you need to understand English because God's standard is perfectly preserved and inspired in the King James Bible. So if I had a Bible student that came uh, to me and was serious about learning the Word of God, I would give great uh, care to take that person and tell them that if they want to go on uh, in in their understanding and studying of the Word of God, they need to spend time and learn English. Start familiarizing yourself with comparing the Bible version that you have that God has provided you in your language with the King James Bible, which is the standard. And the more you're living proof of that, brother, that a person can learn to speak English and you can learn to read and disseminate the Word of God in English. You're a living example of that. And it's like you said, the English is taught in Germany from the third grade on in this country. And these people watch English-speaking movies. They tell English-speaking jokes. They, they can speak English. Why do we keep insisting that they learn Greek in order to learn the Word of God? You will not learn the words of God by studying Greek. You'll learn how to correct God's Word by studying Greek. If you study English, then you can open up a King James Bible and you have God's standard. And that's what I would suggest to any serious Bible student in any foreign language, not only in German, is to, to learn English. I think the listener has to understand, and obviously in soccer or football, we know that if you can't play the ball, you play the man. But this podcast is very peculiar because... You have an American missionary and you have a Swiss missionary. They both are King James. How many times you will find that? You let me know, and um, it will be. It won't be a lot of time. 
obviously you could say, yeah, that's what's what you've been taught. No, it's mine. Amen. I have I have studied that thing for over 20 years now. I've reached every conclusion after I've gone back and forth. I, I brethren, I I can't tell you how much I was accused in the last years. Some people were calling me being uh shaky or or, or how do you say vankelmutig. Um um the Bible word for it is unstable as water. Yeah, unstable. Some people were accusing me of being unstable because I was obviously Every time I faced it, every time I thought, okay, maybe this part, and then I find problems again. The, le- the reason why I went with the old Luther Bible is because the language in itself is stronger. Mm-hmm. The second reason was I seen that even if they tried to make it better, they, they didn't. <laughs> they mm-hmm. made other references worse. There was a guy one time, he pointed out to me and says, your German Bible says that Jesus, that Joseph was Jesus Christ's father. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told him while he was attacking me, I said, I never, I never disagree with that, which is why I said, I believe the King James Bible is the word of God, which, which has absolutely no bearing whatsoever. I, you can take any Bible in German, and you say you said it right. There are four Texas Receptors Bibles. You can take any of these Bibles, and I show you all the problems with each and mm-hmm. every one. Why can't I do that? Because I looked at each and every one. I was looking and looking and looking, and the only conclusion I've reached is the King James Bible is the perfect Word of God. And I believe if you have a student or if you have some disciple in your church, in the country where you are at, you have to be honest to these guys. You're not taking away their faith. You're not taking away their language. I used to say that the problem is if I say the King James Bible is it, that I make myself the Pope. But here's the flaw with this argument. The flaw with this argument is that English can be learned. Greek can't. Amen. Maybe you're saying, well, I could learn Greek. No, you can't. You have to, now you have to trust someone that he teaches you when he, he, he himself doesn't even know Koine Greek. So it really doesn't work, but it works how God installed it. And that is, he gave the King James Bible and he gave a language that for 400 years is still there. Amen. And uh, it works. It just simply works. And um, if you don't have anything to add, I'll close this in prayer, but uh, I don't want to take away from your time. So if you have anything to add, uh, please do so. Well, I'd just like to close and say that, like I said at the beginning, this is a lot of this is seems to be hyperbole. And some people could could say that you're introducing a a fight uh, where there's not a fight. The old adage, don't take their Bible away from them. Um, I would like to push back on that a little bit, brother, and say in the verses, just the few verses that we said. And listen, there's hundreds of them. If we were to do a podcast, we would have to do a series of podcasts on changes in the German in the German Bibles. And any mission field you go to, Germany has very, very close translations to the King James Bible. But what I would like to say is, in those cases where with those verses, and some of them are salient verses to the faith, uh, Psalms chapter 2, verse 7, is a salient verse to the faith. So in that case... That person does not have a Bible there. So I did not take their faith away from their Bible. I was just simply honest enough to point out the fact that what they have in that case is not the Bible in that verse. The, the, um, uh, in Acts chapter 8, when the um, Ethiopian 
uh, was returning to his country reading the book of Isaiah. He was reading a copy of 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 Hebrew. He was not reading the book of Isaiah in Ethiopian. He was reading Hebrew. That man was a learned man that was sent by the queen of uh, Candace. She was she sent her uh, a trusted servant. He was learned enough that he could read the word of God in Hebrew. Now, today, we're not pointing people to the Greek manuscripts because even if you did master Greek, which Greek are you going to study? Which, which Texas Receptus are you going to study? Right. Which version of Greek are you going to study? We're talking about the standard in the world language, which is English. And we're not talking about every soul that gets saved. We're not talking about people that have not uh, given enough consideration to come to church regularly. We're not trying to destroy those people's faith. We're talking about how can we produce a movement that goes far beyond us and survives, we have to equip these men of God with the words of God, and we can only do that if we teach them the King James Bible as the standard. And that's that's our whole the premise of our argument, and uh, we would like, like to hear your feedback. But I would just uh, caution, uh, especially the armchair warriors that have that, that don't know more than one language uh, that that have never been on a mission field that if you've never experienced this this is what our podcast is for is to expose you to some of the frustrations of a mission field and how we deal with these things these are very delicate issues and the way we deal with them openly on the podcast is not per se that we go into our ministries and our respective ministries and we have no discernment on how to present this issue. This is a very well thought out position that we've taken and we're trying to provoke fault with this podcast that you would better appreciate what it means to reach a German and train that German uh, for the coming generations that they can accurately preach and teach the word of God. Amen. Amen. There you have it, folks. So um, we hope this has been a blessing to you. I agree wholeheartedly. Like uh, like he just said, this has not been a conclusion we've reached in five seconds. And in this podcast, the last uh, 45 minutes, an hour, this has been a long time in the process. So uh, we hope this was a blessing. I will pray quickly. And um, next Wednesday, we're continuing about uh, a different subject. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you that uh, you led us to uh, do this subject. I hope this has been something that the listener can take some notes off and maybe implement it in their own field. Father, I pray that uh, it was thought-provoking and maybe, if nothing else, maybe somebody just started to think and started to think uh, what he and what he can do. And Father, I want to thank you for uh, letting us do this and I pray that you bless uh, the rest of this week and day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.